Hello, everyone. It's Vic here. Your <laughs> friendly Vic from the curve. Uh, I have a favor to ask you. You know, Soph, she beavers away super hard at doing all the production of the podcast. And she recently told me that a very, very, very tiny percent of you, 2% of you, follow or subscribe to this podcast. And I nearly fell off my seat. I was like, what are the 98% doing? So I thought, you know what? I'm going to jump in here and I'm going to say to you, please, please, please click follow or subscribe, whatever platform that you're listening to this podcast on, because it really, really helps us in terms of producing a bigger and better podcast for you. So also, actually, it means that you won't miss out on any episodes, which heaven forbid you should. You'd have nothing to talk about at work. And it takes two seconds and you could have done it by now. Gosh, I sound like my dad. Yeah. But it's true. It's a very quick and easy thing and it helps us so much. So if you wouldn't mind, we'd really love that. Thank you. Welcome to the Curve Podcast, a conversation for women who want to learn more about money, their money, for the future they want to have. We're all busy in the pursuit for financial confidence and increasing your wealth should be a simple one. That's why the Curve was created. This podcast is for women to learn about investing in a non-scary or intimidating way. With short episodes, you'll have time to learn, digest, and understand everything to do with the world of investing. Don't expect to be an expert on day one. No question is a silly question. If you're asking it, so is everyone else. So thank you for being here and for listening, because together we really can raise the curve. KiwiSaver Part 2, how exciting. Woohoo! <laughs> we've just we've talked about how important it is to make sure that you're in a high growth fund, mm-hmm. you that you're contributing regularly. But uh, in this episode, we're going to be going over the benefits, the risks, and also how to even pick your provider. Yes, some of the benefits of KiwiSaver. Uh, firstly, so we've got about four here. So firstly, compound interest. We touched on that in the last episode, but it's it's what Albert Einstein calls the eighth wonder of the world. I think I said sixth wonder of the world in our last podcast, but <laughs> we found another two wonders of the world. Um, but but it's one of the most important things. It's one of the really. most important. And it's the beauty with KiwiSaver is that it allows compound interest to work its magic because you, you, you have to hold it for the long term. So you're forced to reap the benefits of compound interest, uh, which is why I love KiwiSaver so much. Go Kiwi Saver. Ooh, go Kiwi Saver. <laughs> no, it makes sense though because so many people, as much as you might say to them, keep it for the long term, blah, blah, blah. It's so tempting when there's mm. a new bag you want or there's something you want to buy for your kid or, you know, there's so many reasons why you might pull your money out of an investment. So totally, to have absolutely yeah. zero choice and to be able to have that component just for mm. 50, 60 years is pretty amazing. And I'm guilty of that. I've definitely not taken my own advice sometimes. <laughs> That makes me feel better. <laughs> you know, but there's always kind of a, there, there's always an excuse to say, oh, but I need the money now. And, and then you just, you completely undo all that compound interest as soon as you take that money out because you're starting from a lower base again. So to keep it in there, keep it compounding, you're starting from a higher base every year. That's the beauty of, of KiwiSaver. So yeah, firstly, compound interest. Another benefit is the government contributions. This is what I'm talking about, the $500 per year that you can get from the government. And, you know, with half the nation not getting that or half the people that are in KiwiSaver not getting that, don't be one of those 50%. Don't be the annoying one. Yeah. Don't be the one that doesn't do it. <laughs> Make sure you do it. Make sure you get that free money. You're entitled to it. Get it. Use it. 
make it compound. And we're so lucky in New Zealand to even have that as an option. Totally, yeah. <laughs> we need to make the most of it, really, don't we? The government's giving us savings on a plate saying, please save. And we're like, no, don't want to. Please don't <laughs> give it to me. Busy. <laughs> oh, I don't want any more money. <laughs> yeah, and they're automatic. So you don't have to apply for them. They just end up in there. So the IOD just scrolls down a list of over a million people <laughs> and says, yes, Sophie has put in her He's put in $1,040 or more. Here's your $500. So it's 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 saving for dummies, really. I mean, that's not the computer. <laughs> well, it's saving for anyone. It's saving for anyone, exactly. Thirdly is the employer contributions. So, again, this is someone else who's helping you save. You've got the government helping you save. You've got your employer helping you save. So make use of it. Yeah, and if you're self-employed, you just contribute regularly to your Kiwi service. It's not going to come out of your salary because you're self-employed. So you just have to have that additional awareness to put in, manually put in a contribution each year and make sure that contribution is over $1,042. And then fourthly is that you can take it out for your first home withdrawal. Is that a benefit in your opinion? So you can take it out to purchase your first home. But do you think that's a benefit? So... I've just harped on about how important it is to keep it in the long term. And it's so great that it's locked up for 30, 40 years. But there is the ability with KiwiSaver to take it out for your first home. But like I said, you're going to remove all that compound interest benefit. You're taking it out. You're then starting again from scratch. But in today's world, when house prices on average in Auckland are over a million dollars, I can understand that people will need that money to help fund their deposit for their first home. Mm. And it's unrealistic to think that in today's market, people aren't going to want to dip into their KiwiSaver. So I think it isn't, it's not It's not a benefit, but then it is because for younger investors, say you joined KiwiSaver when you're 18 and retirement when you're 18 just seems incomprehensible. It seems so far away and well done for joining KiwiSaver when you're 18, but people there it might be a more realistic investment time horizon for them to be like, I want to buy my first home when I'm 28. So I want to buy my first home when I'm in 10 years. That's more of an attainable goal. And I'm going to contribute regularly in my into my KiwiSaver so then I can withdraw it when I'm 28. And so it's it's a more obtainable time horizon. And if that makes someone join KiwiSaver early and get on that investing journey even though their target is different for someone who's who's saving for their retirement, it's still making people aware of investing and getting them on the investing journey. So that's why I think it's a benefit. I mean, honestly, the thought the thought of buying a house at 28 is quite incredible. I was just more <laughs> like thinking, imagine if I'd had a house for two years already. <laughs> so so when people join KiwiSaver when they're 18, are they just contributing from their, you know, job at McDonald's or, or yep. whatever they're doing. It's not necessarily... Yeah, their part-time job, they'll be contributing to the KiwiSaver. Um, I say 18 because that's when you can start getting the government money. You, can own, you, can't, you can't get it if you're a child. So, so, so why is your niece... Re- like, what's the benefits for her? I just... So, because I contribute to her uh, KiwiSaver regularly and then when she's 18, I'll give it over to her and then hopefully by then she's actually learnt, learnt something about investing, but also she's getting the benefits of the return of the fund. True. So, so she's getting the she's compound gro- interest. She's yeah. growing on whatever money's in yeah, there, even though it's not government. Yeah, and you used to actually get a uh, $1,000 just for joining KiwiSaver, but they got rid of that a few years ago, which is a bit of a bummer. But it is still the there's still the encouragement of, of getting that $500 a year once you turn 18. So 
I think there used to be when you sign up for a a bank account, like years and years and years ago, they used to put like the government used to put money in your account. Do you remember? I think that? there's. I think it's more from the banks. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's. I think it was five hundred dollars yeah. or something. Because yeah. I remember when I was like six, my grandma took me to go open a bank account, and the money in it was from the government. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's um, yeah, they do encourage you because you don't often change banks. So if you can get that customer when they're a child, like I've been with with my bank since I was since I was a child because just my parents set me up and then that's that's who I've dealt with. So it's quite so true. You're quite a sticky customer in that respect. So uh, can I ask one more question about the pre eighteen KiwiSaver? Mm. Um is that your birthday present to your niece? It is, yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> She's gonna get to an age though where She's like, give me a bloody toy. Yeah. <laughs> I want a Barbie. And I'll be like, No, you'll thank me when you're eighteen. <laughs> that I mean that's when I started learning about investing. Was so I used to see these checks in the mail and they were from Contact Energy and everyone got Contact Energy shares when they went when they privatized. And so we my parents bought me shares and they sorry, everyone got the ability to buy shares and my parents put some under my name and my sister's name and I used to just get these checks in the mail and they would just just be like f- what I thought was free money just coming in, in through the letterbox and I was like this investing stuff is awesome <laughs> it's so cool <laughs> little did I know that. it was like a dividend that had come with owning the shares but it did it did teach me about investing Early. even if I didn't completely understand it it was yeah it started that investing discussion and that's kind of why it's really good for for any listeners with kids or yeah just to you know, start that investing conversation early and then it's not doesn't seem so overwhelming when you get to, to the likes of our age. So I also think it's such a gift to be able to give your children that that idea of compound interest from a young age because mm. I, I remember when we opened my bank account and I remember being so proud when I'd check mm. it and it was still in there and even though it was like no money at all, you know? Yeah. I think it's you're right, it's that mindset towards saving and holding on to things for a long time and Yeah, and watching it grow and 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 kind of learning the value of money and the yeah and the compound interest and yeah it is it is good having that discussion early on. Okay, so what are the main risks when it comes to KiwiSaver? Yeah, so without sounding like a negative Nancy, which we've kind of <laughs> sounded like for a few episodes, <laughs> but you, but investing does come with risks, and I'm sure everyone is well aware of that now. We've definitely harped on about it. Uh, the risks with KiwiSaver is that you are locked in until your retirement. So you're locked into your 65 years of age. But again, this could be a benefit because, like I've said... I don't even think that's a risk. No. I think that's a pretty amazing... It's more just being something being aware of that, yeah, you can't dip into it if you want to buy, buy a car or pay for your wedding. It is locked in there and you cannot access that money unless you reach 65 years of age or you want to buy your first home. I guess, actually, you're right because if, you, if you're contributing optionally over and above what your employer mm. and your you know you're giving whatever percentage you're in yeah yeah as soon as it's gone it's gone it's yeah. just a no it's like, not- oh no wait <laughs> <laughs> too late <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean you there is if you have serious illness uh if you are in significant financial hardship you can get it out but there's a lot a lot of paperwork to prove that and it's very a small number of cases that they actually let you take out your KiwiSaver. So it would be someone that's like terminally ill or yeah, something like that. Yeah, and it's just you, something you really need to be aware of if just to assume you cannot touch it. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, so that's one it's locked into it's locked in until retirement. The second is the fees. So we kind of touched on this in the previous episode, but 
there's two fees with KiwiSaver. So there's the the fee of $40 per year just for being in KiwiSaver, which you can't get get past. You have to pay it. And there's also a management fee. Now, I yeah, I try and think of kind of an average benchmark for fees as being around 1%. If you're paying more than that, you want to make sure you're getting really good performance. If you're paying less than that, you just want to make sure. You're getting some kind of performance. You're getting some kind of performance. <laughs> so, um, it's yeah, kind of 1% is, is, is kind of the benchmark. So, you know, make sure you ask when, you, when you're joining a KiwiSaver provider or what, or what what the fees are. And then thirdly is the impact of a low-returning fund. So we saw with Alice, Briar and Claire, we saw the difference of a 4% fund versus a 10% fund. And when you're investing for the long term, the difference can be huge. I don't understand why anyone would ever go low 4%. I don't understand. If you're old, So if you're younger, we tend to say you can take more risk. If you've got 30, 40 years until retirement, then you can take more risk because you can weather that volatility. If you are, say, uh, maybe our parents, they're maybe they're, they're in their sixties, or you know they're they're closer to retirement age, you it could be a disaster. You don't really want to take that 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 risk. You don't want to take as much risk as when you were youngest because you need those retirement savings. So you would tend to opt into a a lower returning fund because it's a lower risk fund. I guess if you also had in the next five years you wanted to buy a house mm. and yeah. you. We're really counting on using that KiwiSaver. You probably wouldn't be in a crazy high risk, would you? Exactly. So it's being aware of, of what your investment time horizon is. Is it 20, 30, 40 years or is it five, three, two years? You know, and it's it's a moving it's a moving time horizon. Yeah, a moving goalpost. It's not. Um, so, yeah, as you approach your target, whether it's first home withdrawal or retirement age, make sure you continually reassess should I be taking this much risk? Should I be in this this growth fund or should I move down to a more conservative fund? And KiwiSaver providers do have multiple funds with different risk profiles, therefore different return profiles that they can offer you. So it's not, it's not static. So if you've got 20, 30, 40 years, you can take more risk. You can be in a more growth fund. Whereas if you are maybe in your 60s or you're closer to retirement, you've got about anything less than five years, you may want to take you may want to move into a more conservative fund. And fund managers offer different funds depending on your risk profile. So there's usually three categories, a growth fund, a balanced fund, and a conservative. And the growth is more high risk, high return. Conservative is lower risk, lower return, and then balanced is somewhere in the middle. So you can chop and change between different funds when you get closer to your end goal. And is that within your choice of KiwiSaver provider or is that moving to a different fund altogether? So most of them will have more than one fund on offer. So you can have a selection within your KiwiSaver provider. So you don't need to chop and change. So yeah, you can just, some of them you can also split. So say you you started with 100% in your gro- in, the, in the growth fund. And then as you got closer, you wanted to put 50% into the balanced. And then as you got closer, you put 100% in the balanced. So you're kind of moving down the step down the ladder, I guess, and then you got very close to retirement age and you wanted to put 100% in conservative. So there's an option to split amongst multiple funds as well. You Unfortunately, you can't split across different KiwiSaver providers. So when you choose one, you go with them. If you're choosing to go with Westpac, all your 100% of your KiwiSaver savings go, into, go to Westpac and then you can split across different funds. If you're going with Milford, with Fisher Funds, with you're you're, put, you're giving a hundred percent of your KiwiSaver savings to that 
queue as a provider. You can change providers, but but yeah, you do have to, you do have to then fill out kind of an application form and 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 join your new KiwiSaver provider that you want to join. And how do I even know what one to join? Like, how, can you give us a bit of a breakdown as to what ones we should be? Yeah. Or what things to look for when choosing one? Yeah, so there's kind of th- there's three things to look for when choosing a KiwiSaver provider. So the first one is is obviously performance. You want to join a KiwiSaver that has delivered good performance over the long term already. We say, in, we say in investing that past performance is not an indication of future returns. That's like the age-old caveat of investing. But it does give you a good indication of what that fund has historically delivered. And if you can look for the longest time horizon, so usually since inception, which means since the beginning of that fund, or you know even anything 10 years plus, if they've delivered, say, over 10% return per year, that's a, that's a decent returning fund. That's, that's great. I'd be happy with that. Make sure you look at the longest time horizon when you're looking at performance. And the other thing to look at when you're looking at performance is to make sure it's after fees. That way you know what you are getting in your hand. A lot of KiwiSaver providers might put up performance that is before fees and therefore it looks it looks a lot better. And then they might be taking 2%, for example, we said kind of one percent is a is a good benchmark. They might be taking two percent away in fees per year. If they're delivering ten percent return, taking away two percent fees, you're only getting eight percent. And coming back to compound interest, we've seen how much difference that can make over the long term. So it's just to be aware of what's the after fees performance. Therefore, when you're comparing two KiwiSaver providers. And one's delivering, say, 4% after fees and one's delivering 10% after fees. You're comparing apples with apples. Mm. Does that make sense? It's not, you're not then having to take away fees. It's all done for you. And you're looking at this fund has historically delivered 4% return. This fund has historically delivered 10% return on average over the long term. So I'm younger. I've got a longer time horizon. I'm going to go with the 10% returning fund. The fund that's delivered historically 10%. I don't know that it's going to do that in the future, but that's what it's done for, say, over 10 years in the past. It does give me a good indication of what that fund has delivered historically. And that's all we can go off because we don't know that's the, the most holds. amount of research you could do. Exactly. Really. Yeah. So um, and so, I guess keeping a close eye on it as it, you know, five years later, mm. and then reevaluating what is doing the best. Right. I mean, yes, what would you yeah. recommend in terms of time? Like how often you should check to see if you're still in the right fund. We do get asked that a lot. It's people have also asked, "Oh, should I should I try and time the market?" And you know, if if, if one fund manager is doing better than the other, should I chop and change all the time? And it's you, you. I think if you do the research at the beginning and set aside some time to actually find a really good KiwiSaver provider, you, you shouldn't need to chop and change. If they've delivered a good return over the long term, then yes, they'll they'll have years where they won't do well, and they'll have years that they do really well. But if you're kind of chopping and changing all the time, then you're not going to get that long term benefit. So we try to say, kind of let them do their job. They're the experts. As long as you've done your research at the beginning and after listening to this podcast, you'll know what to look for. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't have to chop and change all the time and it will almost just be distracting. The beauty of changing KiwiSaver providers, if you did 
you've had a look at your KiwiSaver provider and you're currently with a low returning one, you want to change, is that you don't know you don't need to know where it is. So I, there's probably a few people listening to this that, that don't know where their KiwiSaver is, and that's fine. You don't have to. If you want to change, you just go to the new KiwiSaver provider that you want to go to and say, hey, I want to join you. They then go to the IRD and go find your KiwiSaver money and bring it to them. So it's all so done. It's not by, too much admin for you. No, it's, it's more. It's one form. Like I remember talking to my friends about it you know, years ago, and they'd be like, "Oh, help! But I don't know where it is." It's like you don't need to. Don't worry about it, baby. <laughs> you don't have to look for it. <laughs> so they try to make this the process of being financially secure easy. They're trying to make it as easy for everyday Kiwis as they can. So automatically comes out of your pay. It you, you automatically get the government money. You fill out one form and it automatically gets sent there. You know, it's, it's kind of they're trying to. They're not trying to trick us no, or make it difficult. Yeah. And they're very much trying to make KiwiSaver providers, the documentation that they put out, they're trying to make that very standardized so that people can compare different providers and the forms look the same, the fund updates look the same. You know, they're, they're making them quite standardized so we can compare and contrast and, and, and it doesn't seem so, so overwhelming. Can I just ask, is there a, a website or a go-to place that you would say would be the best place to compare all the different funds? So there is, there's about 35 different KiwiSaver providers, so there can... Because there's be, a lot to yeah, go through. You don't want to go to every single one and print off the documentation. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cumbersome. There is Sorted, uh, which is a website that does compare all KiwiSaver providers. Just, oh my God, my dad told me to do that ages ago, and I was like, <laughs> Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. So it's good. It does compare a lot of the KiwiSaver providers, but I do think you should really go onto the website as well and get familiar with, with what funds that you... So once you've decided, then go onto the the actual KiwiSaver provider's website and have a look at what the fund invests and just get yourself familiar with... Uh, what is the risk associated with that fund? There will be like a risk indicator within the fund, so you can you can see you know where it sits in terms of the risk spectrum of of the other funds, which is quite helpful. And it's also making sure that you know what your money is investing in. Could you go to sorted and then you know narrow down to two or three, yes, and then yeah. go onto those websites, see who in that who they invest in, and just kind of get a little bit of a better understanding as to what feels right for you. Yes, I think that's a great idea. And if there's anything you don't understand with any of the information, all these KiwiSaver providers have dedicated KiwiSaver people working there that know the ins and outs of KiwiSaver and can ask any questions. Surely you could just call them ask. and yeah. say, "Hey, exactly. um, got money with you? Help me." I don't yeah, know it's your this, money. Or... You should understand. If there's something you don't understand, ask. Honestly, I can guarantee you won't be the first person asking that question. It's it's your money. You need to know where it is and what it's doing. They'd probably be quite happy to have people that are genuinely interested or trying to understand it better because so many people are really oblivious to it. Yeah. Yeah, so just remember when when you're choosing a provider to look for, you need to look at performance, you need to look at fees and make sure that you're looking at after fees performance and then also look at the risk that you're taking with that fund and that all will be on the website. It should be easily accessible on the fund update. So just remember when you're choosing a KiwiSaver provider, you need to look at performance, you need to look at fees and then make sure you're looking at after fees performance and then thirdly, make sure you look at the risk. What, what risk is involved in, the, in being in that fund. Can you expand on that slightly for a second? So the risk is when, you, when you're choosing the fund. So when we're talking about growth is more high risk, balanced is more middle risk, and then conservative is, is more lower risk. And it's good to look at, they, they 
the fund updates will have a kind of a risk indicator on them, and it just gives you an idea of where that fund sits in terms of the risk spectrum. Okay, cool. There's kind of, we've come up with an acronym. You don't sound excited about it. We've come up with an acronym. (laughs) (laughs) And it's called Breaking the Cycle. Mm, Love that. One thing that we haven't touched on is just why KiwiSaver is so important for women in particular and why I'm talking about breaking the cycle. And firstly, women as a gender, we all know we get paid less than men on average. I can't believe that's still a thing. So if we're contributing 3%. And a man's contributing 3%, they're contributing more. It's the same percentage, but it's a different dollar amount. Yeah. So we can... we Bastard. <laughs> so we get paid less than men. Secondly, we we usually take time out of the workforce to have a family. Whether you're not contributing. Whether it's a few weeks, a few months, a year, however long it is, might be permanent. You're not, you're not earning, so you're not contributing. Or you're contributing a far less amount because you're not getting paid your full amount. That's so such an important we, thing to remember. Totally. So we take a time out to, to, to have a family. Some of us may have, some of us might be about to. Thirdly is that we live longer on average than men in retirement. So... Go the girls. We have... Lower, we contribute less, we take time out of contributing, and we live longer. So we're going to have a and lo- we're paid less, honestly. So we're going to have a lower pool that has to go further. This is so stupid. So it's really, really, really important that we need to be clear. And contributing <laughs> for when you're, if you can, when you're having babies and if you've got time off. Yeah. At least a thousand to be able to get that extra money from the government. And yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something to think about. It's just right. The, that's why it's so important to, to to be across this, you know, make sure that you're in the right fund. You know, all those things just over the long term can make such a difference. So Education. Yes. So when break I'm talking. Break the cycle. Yeah. So break the cycle. <laughs> so dramatic. Love it. <laughs> B is to make sure that you belong. So make sure you join. Make sure you're in there so that you can get these benefits. The second is R. Make sure you regularly contribute. We've seen what Claire's balance was like versus Alice and Briars. Make sure you are clear. Thirdly, A, ask questions. Like I said before, it's your money. It's your savings. If you don't understand something, ask. E, ensure you're in the right fund. We've gone through the difference that that 6% made between Alice and Claire, make sure that you are in the right fund. And lastly, K, keep it in there. This lets the magic of compound interest do its trick. Keep it in there. So let's break the cycle. Let's break the cycle, break the cycle. Okay. I think there's a lot to think about with that. And I guess people will be going away and have taking notes and, and, you know, looking up what their KiwiSaver and where they are and if they want to change. If anyone has any questions or or is overwhelmed, please get in touch with us via our website, um, thecurve.co.nz, or Instagram, or email. We are always around, and the whole point of this is to make sure that women in particular are understanding how they can make the most of their KiwiSaver and their finance and, and, and growing their wealth. So if this feels overwhelming or you don't know, then please do get in touch. And we're going to finish with a quote. Oh, this is so inspiring. <laughs> it's actually from Warren Buffett, so a very appropriate quote. And it says... Someone is sitting in the shade today because they planted a tree a long time ago. I love that quote. And I think it's so appropriate when it comes to KiwiSaver. We've got to think about our future self because we don't want to get sunburned. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's quite inspiring, really. You, you would think, for, you know, that he'd be quite dry and that his quotes yeah. would be boring, but it's mm. quite empowering. Plant the tree. Plant the tree. And be clear. Be clear and plant the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, ladies. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Curve Podcast, a conversation for women who want to learn more about money, their money, for the future they want to have. We're all busy in the pursuit for financial confidence and increasing your wealth should be a simple one. This podcast is for women to learn about investing in a non-scary or intimidating way. With short episodes, you'll have time to learn, digest and understand everything to do with the world of investing. So thank you for being here and for listening, because together we really can raise the curve.